All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It's time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast, panel to panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back once again, once again, but with not a normal episode. Uh, This is episode 63. This is uh, comic issue 63. We will keep the number count going. But this was a spur of the moment kind of thing because we were planning on doing some things next week with uh, Mary and Travis, and Mary and Travis are not here. Uh, the, The... while the, 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 this this room is normally two thirds black, but we we have decided to fill the whole pie with, with Travis not being here. We still managed to make it work, and we're going to talk about something that is very important to, uh, to myself as well as these two gentlemen that are with me this evening. Because, frankly, for the past what ten years, it's been ten years since um, Jackson first premiered. Jackson Hyde, aka Aqualad Calderon, however you know him from television or from comic books. Um, r- this past week, finally was given a solo city series. Yes, it was a mini series, but the first premiere of his first series as Aquaman well, premiered uh, this week, and I've been waiting since 2010, so it'd be almost 11 years. Um, where we've been waiting for this character to finally be given the respect that he deserves. But we will dive into more of that in a moment, folks. Don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Digital Radio, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Audible. Basically, wherever you can listen to a podcast except for SoundCloud, you can listen to us because we don't support SoundCloud. And you are able to check us out on all those locations, so make sure you do. You can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast, as well as the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. All right. So, as I said earlier, this room is a little different than usual because, my, yes, my name is James Portis. I am here as always. But um, to my left, we have sort of a returning guest. Uh, originally, he, pre- he premiered as a guest on our um, brother podcast, uh, nice dumb pun on my part, um, Blurred Grounds, where a, a lot of black nerds just get together from uh, the On Comics Ground staff and hang out and talk about stuff that we care about in regards to uh, our perspective on things. We have writer, podcaster, and continued amazing person that, that just keeps doing great things, and someone I look, look up to a lot because he actually got to write uh, Jackson Hyde for DC Comics a while back in Aquaman's issue 62 and 63. We have Mr. Jordan Clark. How are you doing today? 
Good man, you blow you blowing up my spot here. Feeling, uh... <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's what I, 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 gotta, I gotta give you your props, man. Because like it was it was crazy. Because originally you came in here like hot hot off the trails of your own indie work, and then out of nowhere you slid in my back pocket after I told you I was a Jackson fan off mic and said, "Hey, <laughs> something's about to happen." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" And then it just everything fell into place. So like I have to give you your props on this for real. Well, I, yeah, I definitely appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. This is uh, gonna be fun. All right, definitely. And then my other guest is someone I've wanted to connect with for a long time, somebody that I look up to as the fact that he is associate director of a college. He is a podcaster. He is a writer in his own regard. Um, Mr. Victor Kearney, or you would know him from his podcast, Megasheen, where he talks about stuff on the nerd sphere in general from the black queer lens. Uh, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing fine. I, I like this intro, <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that I like the interest. I'm just, I'm, I just like, I like giving people their props because, like, we don't get enough celebration of our culture because, like, for so long, being a black nerd or even a black queer nerd was something that was scrutinized. Like, being ourselves is not something that people look at. And the fact that we can come together at this table and talk about a character that means a lot to us is just amazing because I remember being just a kid who liked Aquaman. Like like everyone made fun of me when I was a kid. I would be like I would go to uh, my old comic book shop and would pick up every issue even after like when um Arthur died like uh, like right before Blackest Night uh trying to save Sub Diego he died. I still was just like any type of Aquaman content I could I picked it up. Then Blackest Night hit and Blackest Night was like, "Oh, we're going to kill everybody." And I'm like, "Oh god." Then um, Brightest Day happened, and Brightest Day said, not only are we giving you Arthur back, but we're giving you an Aqualad that looks like you. Because, yes, he had Tempest growing up, but we're going to give you an Aqualad that looks like you, that is black like you. And that meant the world to me. And then, while, yes, Jeff Johns did create him, and yes, Jeff Johns did come back in 2016 and revealed that Jackson was gay after him being in the public eye because of Young Justice for so many years... That was amazing to me, and that means the world to me. But Jeff Johns, fuck you! You're a scumbag for what you did, um, like on the, the set of Justice League, and you will not get away with that. Trust me. But in general, um, I, I have to give him respect for creating this character because while yes, he did disrespect one of the best actors in the business on the set of freaking Suicide on, on Justice League, he disrespected Ray Fisher and try to cover up what, what Joss Whedon was doing, he did create this amazing character. And I think what matters most here is that we celebrate creators like Brandon Thomas, like yourself, Jordan, and Benjamin Percy, who've been able, and even Steve Orlando, who have been able to bring Jackson into a more positive light, despite his creator's disregard for black people in general. So, like, I, 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 like, I want to know how, like, Sort of like I hate that like that um cliche question of what does this character mean to you? But like no, nah, for real, that like statement does matter because uh firstly, um like from you, Victor, because I haven't heard a lot from like like you other than the fact that like yo, you're black, you're gay, you like you you love nerd shit. Like I, I wanna know your perspective on Jackson as a character. I think Jackson is an interesting character just because you look back at, you know, where he comes from um, who he's been involved with. Um, you think about Black Manta, you just think about the fact that when he just appears, he has this, he had that uh, edge to him that was a little bit different than most of the characters. He wasn't really 
like a bunker or any other queer characters in DC. It was just kind of like, here's Jackson. But I think because of his family dynamics and because of, you know, how he's been you utilized in these stories, um, he it, it, there's so much more to explore when it comes to Jackson. And I feel like that um, what I appreciate what Jordan did was we kind of got a little bit more heart to what Jackson was, even if, even though, yeah, it was two issues, it was a little bit more than what we've seen or a little bit more, I felt that was, that was hard about what this character was. And then, you know, as we saw animated, you know, scenes with him kissing another man or what have you, it was really nice to see that, but I feel like there's a lot more to Jackson and I hope this series will kind of give us that besides the, the, family dynamics and some of the drab because the reason I say some of the drab is I think about as you mentioned like cyborg or anyone else we always have this when it comes to sometimes male character of color there's always a family issue or there's always this you know this I'm angry I'm mad I'm not really you know this type of way and I feel like we have to kind of break from that I mean not all mm. of us are in that world or come from that world you know or there has to be an angry situation. I will say really quickly that what I did not like about um, the, you know, the miniseries of Justice League, the movie, was the fact that it just, we had another Batman. To me, Ray Fisher was, not Ray Fisher, but Cyborg was another Batman. The same kind of format of that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I got two of you now. You know, two brooding, upset men. How do we move from that? So I, I would love to always, I would love to always see black men not come up that way, but I'm very interested to see where we go with Jackson moving forward. Okay. Um, Jordan, I, I know, I know you're probably limited on what you can speak on in regards to your experience with Jackson, like because of like di different things that you've signed in regards to things, but I still want to get your perspective on him as a character and what you were able to put into him when you got to put pen to paper as it were. Oh, for sure. Well, I think, you know, everything that, that Victor just said, specifically in terms of like, for me, a few of my goals with Jackson were I, I really wanted him to be one, like, very black and two, like, queer in a way that's not like, when you think about queer characters, obviously, you know, like, I think for so long, for a lot of comic book readers, there's just been that idea of having to read into it you know like there's it wasn't really explicit you know like it was just like well i i guess maybe this person could be or you know they're dropping hints or doing things that maybe are leading me to believe this but like it's not an outright you know it's not like and and so many of them were like well here's my coming out story and then the end like there, there was no more you know i mean even when you think about like north star right like north star got married and then that was kind of it. Like, like he just disappeared. It was like a big publicity stunt and then he just disappeared. You know, so uh for me it was like, well, you know, I want Jackson to um what because I mean I think we're gonna talk about this a little bit just in terms of his history, but you know, the last time we saw Jackson in any kind of relationship was him not coming out to, you know, a boy that he was with, but like coming out as a superhero to this boy. Uh, and that kind of ended badly. And so I was like, I'd like Jackson to have something nice and I'd like Jackson to have something that was somebody seeing him for him, like his complete self. Right. So like 
as a superhero, but also as a queer person, and also as you know, like he's, a, he's kind of caught between these two worlds. Um, but somebody who's not you know judging him for anything, but accepting him for his whole self, because I felt like that was really an important thing to see is like that acceptance, that love, right, between two people, where it's not like, oh, this is, I love you conditionally right like i love this part of you or i love that you're famous or i love that you're this it's like no i love you period like i think you're really interesting i think you're really cool i'd like to get to know more about you um and you know just having jackson in the position where like he could be himself his full self too because we've kind of seen him a lot have to contort himself in different ways whether it's with the titans whether it's on his own obviously he's dealing with a lot of stuff with black manta being his father and and how he deals with that and so i wanted to give him a story where he could kind of take a step forward as a hero you know but also as a as a person like victor was saying giving us a little bit more of that depth to who he is and not just like oh he's mini aquaman or he's uh you know he's not black manta but he's you know still got you know these these kinds of powers like i wanted him to be somebody who you could see as a three-dimensional character and kind of work that in so uh you know i'm, I'm excited to see where jackson goes because i feel like there is a lot of potential for him not just as a superhero character but also as you know a symbol for people who read superhero comics because that was one thing that I think is always going to stick with me from that experience is after, you know, the issues came out, people writing to me and telling me, like, this was the first time that I saw myself, you know, reading a superhero comic. And these were not children. These were, like, grown grown adults who are like, yeah, I've been reading comics for, like, 10, 15 years, and this is the first time I saw me, you know? So I feel like that's, that's super important to have these characters uh, and these stories where people are able to see themselves and, and feel acknowledged through these characters. Yeah, like, it sounds dumb, but, like, when your issues that came out, it was one of those things where I had always seen Jackson written by people that weren't like us. It was like, I, I, so many thank yous to Benjamin Percy for trying, because he was limited on what he can do, because he was tasked with basically trying to dig up the garbage that was left on the ocean floor by a previous writer because oh boy the new 52 was not kind to the teen titans but then you have um like percy's run where he comes in he's like he has to deal with the damien problem he has to deal with um wallace west coming into the picture he has to deal with um like starfire trying to be like unstereotyped but then he still made time to bring um jackson into this canon because he had been sought after and was a big part of what made um jeff johns want to come back he wanted to finish that story and bring him in back into canon because for what was it five years after jackson's creation he didn't exist he was around for maybe a year before the timeline was rebooted because of the, the new 52 and, like, yeah, there's that whole, like, he was in the Flashpoint movie, and because of the Young Justice TV show, he was in the public eye, but that was one thing that was very noticeable about the, about the Wikipedia page at that, at that time, was that other than that little bit of spot in Brightest Day, he was never around. And that definitely left sort of an impression when you only saw J Jackson or Calderon as this stoic, like, already got his shit together version of himself. But then you see Jackson as he is now, he's still learning. He has to, like, 
figure out who he is. Like because in the in the, in the uh, TV show that no one knew about Zebel, no one really acknowledges that Mara is from Zebel half the damn time. Um, no one talks about the fact that there's this whole other culture of Atlanteans that he came from, and he has to deal with the fact that yeah, Black Manta is his dad, but there's still other stories that we can look into. And what I liked the most about, about your story, Jordan, was you weren't afraid to touch on his Zebel roots. You weren't, like, like you didn't make the whole thing about, like, what, what other writers do where it's only him and Black Mansa and nothing else matters. It's like, no, he has a story before that. Like, his mother's story still matters. And that meant a lot to me because it was like, we can stop living in this world where only him being the son of Manta is the only thing that matters. And it's but so that I, that meant a lot to me. But in general, this I'm really wondering what we go from here because the first issue by Brandon Thomas that came out this week, please go pick it up. Um, it definitely leaves a lot to be wondering about. We I, I'm very much somebody who doesn't want Black Manta within ten feet of this book because we we've had stories like Jordan's, we've had Steve Orlando's book, we've had other runs that have set the the framework to move past Manta, I'm really praying this is the first step of forming other stories with Jackson. And, like, I, I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on, like, the sort of two different, like, perspectives we have of him as a character from, like, the animated series and from now and w- where his potential lies. Because we got that little sneak peek from Future State, but it doesn't, like, it still leaves a lot of to the unknown in terms of, like, I don't, like, y'all can go back and forth and, like, we can see how I have a dialogue about it. But in general, there's two different sort of wavelengths that people will perceive him. Uh, Victor, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is, this is, in this new book, we're going to see how, you know, his relationship with his mother, we're going to, see how he is in the new town or the new city. The name has just slipped my mind, but we're going to get to get to see, you know, what that looks like. Is it Amnesty? Amnesty Bay. So he's going to be able to, I guess, be regular. We'll get to see a little bit of that. I mean, of course, there's going to be some drama and we kind of got, I don't want to, you know, spoil it, but it's more of a, you know, it's going to be some drama going forward, but, I like the fact that we're going to get to see him hang out with, you know, the, with his mom or, and, and see that. And I love that his mom um, is going to be present in his life because, you know, that wasn't really there. It's always been, you know, him, Black Manna, him, Black Manna. So this is going to be a a way for maybe to see a different side, a softer side. Um, because, again, if you look back, I don't, and like even in the cartoons or so, we didn't really always get that. And I feel like that we... This is something that we will need to kind of flesh out the character a little bit more strongly. I mean, feel free to disagree um, with me if I just kind of say something totally different. But I just, I just really think it's time that with this new series, we just get a full, full fleshed out queer character, especially uh, a character of color. Um, we need this character to be fleshed out. Jordan. Yeah, well, I, I think you're thinking about the two, right? The animated version and the cartoon version, like they are two very different characters. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, I think part of it is uh, with Young Justice is that uh, Calderon was like very much so like under Manta in different ways, right? Like his relationship with Manta, I think, is different than it is in the comics where it's a bit more complicated. You know, in so much as he's he's spent more time with him 
you know, specifically, I guess, spoilers for Young Justice when he was undercover with Manta. Oh, it's been like five. Yeah. Whereas in the comics, like Manta just abandoned him and was not around. Mm-hmm. And the, the only time that Manta has shown up is to been to literally terrorize him and his family. So, you know, it's very much a, an, an antagonistic relationship in the comics, whereas I think they're not friends in the, in the animated show, but they they definitely, I would say, bonded in a way that you bond with somebody that you're uh, spying on, I guess. Um, but for Jackson, you know, moving forward, specifically in this series, I think one of the things I'm hoping to see is not necessarily him breaking away from the Aqua family writ large but more so like establishing his own circle right because mm-hmm. you know we, we kind of see him with the titans which is you know cool that he's kind of back with the teen titans he was in i believe he was in an issue or two of young justice um he was like ben just sort of like shoe shoehorned him in and trying to like put him with the third generation group of heroes because he didn't really fit in with Damien's crew, but I was trying right. to like retcon that back, and I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, you know, he's got like superhero friends, and obviously, like, it would be cool to see him with some of the other young queer superheroes that are around in the DC universe. But even, even more so than that, just to see him with other young people in the Amnesty Bay area, like, I'm kind of looking around. Like, Amnesty Bay, I believe, is in like the Boston area. Yeah, so pretty white space, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I'm thinking (laughs) of, um, ooh, I'm thinking of Asheville, North Carolina, which is a place that, you know, a lot of younger black artists of all kinds of kind of move to. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Moses Sumney, who's a singer songwriter and he lives in Asheville now. And like, you know, there was a little video that he did of just the artist community down there. And there's like a lot of young black, brown people, queer people doing all kinds of things. And I feel like it would be cool to see Jackson building community with other people who, you know, are, are like him, not just as superheroes, but also also are coming from, you know, just a similar life perspective. Cause I think one of the things that, you know, I would have loved to have touch upon, but again, like just two issues and you got to kind of nail certain beats, get in and get out is you know jackson had a had a weird childhood right because <laughs> like yeah. his mom was basically like lying to him she in, in an effort to protect him like she wasn't doing it maliciously but you know she wanted to protect him from his father and like a lot of other stuff that comes with you know being a superhero but you know he kind of was you know, moving around a lot and you know kind of being you know isolated and and shoehorned away and even you know when he came out to her in the um uh ooh. when when it was revealed that he was queer like you know I think, she was was kinda, I think it was percy's room wasn't it yeah she was kind of like oh no like don't do that like that's <laughs> you know and it was more again more so like no don't do that not because i don't i wouldn't love you if you were queer but more just like you know i don't want bad things coming to you you know she mm-hmm. was trying to do it from a protective way it was kind of kind of a backwards way um but like seeing him now as he comes into his own as a, as a young person, like getting to meet other people like him from similar backgrounds and community as him specifically in a place where there might not be a lot of people like him and what, what that journey is like. Cause I feel like that's another very relatable thing 
uh, for young queer kids to see is like, yeah, like I look around and I don't think that there's people like me where I live, but like, lo and behold, maybe there is. Maybe if I, you know, kind of root around a little bit, I can build a community even if it feels like there isn't one that's possible. Right. And I was going to say, I'm glad that you mentioned it about the community and where it is because you think about it, Boston, Boston area, the main area is also racist. (laughs) Um, And so, you kind of think about like, will they even address that? Will they even pop up? Um, and and will they do it in a way that's not so typical when they try to address racism in comics? But you just, again, thinking about where this place is and also you, you think about those areas, those issues are very prevalent. So I wonder if they will even address that as we move forward. Honestly, and the thing about it is, and you, what's crazy is you unintentionally referenced it, Victor, Bunker. Bunker, and I wasn't going to say the name, but screw it. Scott Liddell is a creator that has garnered a lot of hatred towards me as time has gone on. Because while, yes, he did create a potentially compelling character, no one did anything with it. Bunker at first came off of like a bit of a stereotype. Like that modern take of what a a queer person should be. Very uh, feminized. Very like in a certain mold of what he should be. Which... Granted, like, if you are that way, you're valid. We all have that side to ourselves. But that vibe felt very much like a caricature. From that first moment where he opens that, that cable car to see Tim Drake, he looks like a, like a caricature. And after Labdell's run, he's in the background. No one ever cares about him. And then because of the small amount of um, notoriety he has from the TV show that Jackson has been able to sort of just, like, skate by and finally start to kind of get his footing again. Because after Percy's Teen Titans run, we didn't see Jackson for about a year. There was that entire gap where Dan Abnett took over the Teen Titans book and um, Jackson was not found anywhere. Like, he wasn't in Darkness Metal, he wasn't in anywhere. And then until finally, I think it was actually a year and a half later, when Bendis did put him in, um, whatchamacallit, in Young Justice. So it's very much like, unless you care about him, you're not going to see him. I'm wondering if David F. Walker had anything to do with that, too, because of him sort of like ghost writing the book in the background for Bendis because of Bendis being kind of problematic sometimes of the idea that let's put this character in here because he matters to a lot of people. And you have Young Justice on the banner, but because of the fact that the TV show is a thing, you need to at least include one of its most notable characters in somewhere. So I'm, I'm kind of glad he's there, but now it's just sort of gone back to, oh, he's friends with Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, and Wallace West. And it's very strange. But no, I, I definitely um, love what both of you said because, yeah, the big thing that I, I kind of dislike about modern comics that I've seen is that we don't really create a status quo for for characters. You sort of, like, give them a mini or a series and they sort of, like, have an adventure and then it's over. There's no status quo that forms of, like, a friend group or this or, like, any type of rapport with people in the, in the in the town or city they're supposed to protect. But then you expect them to have grounds for a movie or a TV show again in live action if, if possible. And there's nothing for a writer to pull from. Friggin' Black Lightning struggled tremendously from that where Freeland is supposed to be a suburb of Metropolis, and and they had to change so much of the base level of the show just for it to work. Freaking Naomi is going to be brought out soon, and she has no framework 
for a status quo for a TV show. So it's like, I'm kind of hoping that this, like, like you guys said, that this can be a fresh start for Jackson, that he can sort of form his roots for if, by God, we ever get the opportunity to see him as Aquaman for a long period of time, that he is able to be the front man, Arthur can retire and be his own, like, uh, ruler, uh, whatever they have him do. I'm kind of liking this idea that while Future State had a few bumps in the road, we can still continue that timeline and be change a few things, but keep the things that were inspiring to people. Because I don't know about y'all, but when I saw, like, um jackson pull up with the full dreads and the beard and have both of his like um like uh, like water swords at all those guards and he's just like square up that was one of the best moments in comics of, of this year like right there that moment where he's just ready to go down as aquaman fighting or not like that was the best shot of this year for me yeah i think jackson definitely is a character that has I think, like I said before, just so much potential, even just at, if we're just talking like straight superhero stuff, right? Like he's got these abilities that Aquaman doesn't have. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of the abilities that Mira has, right? Like Mira is obviously the most advanced, you know, with that, the the water shaping. But like as Jackson continues to grow, because he's still so young, right? Like he's still a teenager, like he's not even an adult yet. So as he kind of continues to learn and get more and more powerful like he has some real potential to be just like one of these powerhouse characters who can really like wreck shit when he gets into it and like even um you know in the two issues i wrote like you know that little moment where he kind of gives off that huge burst of electricity like that's just like a single you know little taste of like what he could possibly do right. as he gets stronger so i think when you look at him from a lot of different perspectives like there is a tremendous room for him to grow and you know i really hope that he gets to stick around in, in various forms you know whether or not this mini series and hopefully you know i hope people people are buying it and it's selling and um you know people who keep track of those numbers are paying attention and say oh maybe we got something with this like maybe this is something that we could keep putting out there like seeing him in different places whether it's you know part of a team book whether it's teaming back up with andy whether they pick up any of the future state stuff um you know in terms of jumping back into that timeline or you know whether or not they have like an aquaman you know book with with him and arthur simultaneously that would you know, be cool. holding the mantle like however they want to do it i think jackson there is a demand for the character like i would say that there's definitely a fan base and a, a large potential to grow that fan base right like you know there's the people that are already hip to jackson but then there's all the people who maybe don't know about jackson and maybe haven't seen him in anything yet but like you know the second they get a little taste of a character like that that makes it oh like yeah i'd, I'd buy that comic most definitely but do you want to throw anything in there no i think jordan kind of you know hit it right on the target it, if if they develop this character correctly, there will be continued interest in it. I think sometimes, and to jump back really quick, um, as a writer, your characters want a full story. Your characters want to have, when you're writing characters, they are telling you to flesh me out. You know, they're telling you that. And so you want to do that. And I really hope they do that because this is a great potential to really have someone in the main you know in the main universe 
for a long, long time. But hopefully they are really fleshing them out. And that that's all I really want for Jackson is to be fully fleshed out. Yes, he could be a badass warrior, but I also want him to be to somebody who wants to, you know, do crochet or whatever. Just do something else where we can kind of see the difference, the, the, the nuance, the you know, the different size and shades of this character. Well, that's why. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, even, you know, I, it feels weird talking about myself, but like, that's why. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, 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 you know, snuck in some Janet Jackson references, you know, in, in my two issues, because I was like, what is Jackson into? Like, I thought it would be really cool if he was into, you know, dance and choreography, uh, just kind of as like an extension of his powers and abilities, like kind of how all that stuff would work. So, you know, giving him something outside of being a superhero that, you know, he's he focuses his time and attention on. You know, there's been little drops and hints to him being into, you know, tabletop, you know, role-playing games and, you know, online games and, um, you know, like, all kinds of other things. So I think it is important to kind of, like, establish him as, yes, a superhero and as, you know, somebody who can do all these cool things with their powers but also as like a relatable young character that people could be like oh yeah like jackson i would like to hang out with jackson like i'd like to <laughs> if i met jackson in real life you know like we would probably kick it instead of him being like a terrifying like you know super person right so you know it's just i like i think that was the core thing i wanted to touch on because like one thing that always was great about about seeing him in, in the, the, the television show, he was just a compelling character, like, in his own right. Like, he was the one that chose to be, like, because rather than doing the whole, first it was Garth, then it was Jackson, whatever, no, they said, no, Garth didn't choose to be Aqualad. Jack, uh, Jackson did, Calder did. He chose to go to the surface and be a hero, uh, like instead of Garth. And it opened this whole different, like, what is scenario that put them on an even playing field. And even when they did the stupid, um, the video game that like had Cree Summer come in as as Tula and like try to like merge uh, Tula's relationship with Garth with uh, Calder, which was so weird. They even sort of acknowledged that later on Jackson found his path, that he was able to accept himself. And they did it so clean. Like in that season three, they did it so clean. Like, yo, not, not only is his Aqualad his, like his boyfriend, but like it's a thing and you're going to deal with it. And we're not going to talk about it. It's, it's just the norm. And you're gonna go with it, and it was, it was so clean, and like they didn't like overhype it or over dramatize it. It was just there, and that was one of the most clean moments of representation I think I've ever seen in an animated TV show like that. And it still gets props to this day for me. I'm excited to see what happens from here because Calder as Aquaman there, you never thought you'd ever get that because of how the fact that DC has a prevalent history of never continuing their continuity, but then. This past year, you see it finally happen, and you're like, wow, we actually can do something here. And it, 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 I'm actually excited to see if we do get somewhere else with this. So, you know, like the biggest thing like we kind of all agree on here is just fleshing him out. And I think the biggest thing is we need more of people like Jackson. We need more developed characters of color and also queer characters. That's the biggest thing here because, like we were talking about, like we haven't seen a queer book on a DC shelf since um black uh, since uh Batwoman ended when Midnight on Apollo ended. We haven't seen a um black book since Black Lightning Cold Dead Hands ended. 
And like, yeah, there was like the Vixen um, digital first books and the, her little animated show. That was cool. But like, they, they didn't put it somewhere where black folks could absorb it. That's the biggest problem that I see constantly. And like what we brought up on, on, on this very podcast before is the fact that they try to hide their little pushes for diversity and then not do it correctly. That way people can absorb it. So like, I kind of want to bounce this idea off of uh, like, let's put, like your, your guys' heads because Jordan, you've kind of like dealt with the, the fact that like um, FOC suck, that like um, pre-ordering books matters and not everybody has that book on the dime, but like, what would you suggest from your perspective in regards to not only like, like, yeah, sales do matter, but bringing more people like, di- like diverse titles, if that makes sense. Um, You know, I think, Comics is in is in a shifting place right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> when you, that, yeah. When you kind of look at you know not only where a lot of creators are going, but also just how you know the industries continue to to shape and change. And you know, I think one of the things that would help is that you know when you look at the kind of stories that are are coming out and specifically trying to reach a wider audience, right? Like there's there's a push to reach a younger audience, which is, you know, true, right? Like definitely need to keep bringing people into the medium. But I think just making comics more accessible, right? Like making them something that people know about, that people are able to find easily. It's not a whole hassle because I remember when I was growing up, you know, I, I grew up in uh, the county in Maryland and like there wasn't a comic book shop around me and i lived like 20 minutes from dc so it wasn't even like i was in the boonies somewhere like i was close to the city it's just that there wasn't an accessible comic book shop for me to go to and sometimes that's the truth for you know a lot of people is that they just can't go to their you know lcs and pick up a book or you know start a start a pull list so uh you know love comic book shops and definitely want to see them continue to grow and thrive but i think digital has a place as well in terms of making things a little bit more reachable accessible for people uh in terms of getting their comics i also think you know when you are putting these books out what i hear often from people who are trying to get into comics is there's just a lot right like there's a lot there's a lot going on there's a lot that you feel like you need to read even like with this jackson book you know looking on twitter there's a lot of people like oh man i'd love to read this book what do i need to read first like what do i need to read like other than those couple pocket things like your stuff and percy stuff there isn't anything to read first yeah well and i think you know so some of the people working on the book have been like oh like you know, we've we've tried to design this as much as possible as like you you'll just get it like you'll be able to read it and get it and I think that's great. And there definitely needs to be more of that. But also, like, what I feel like turns a lot of people off, specifically if we want to think about, um, like, the DCU era, right? Where it was like, we're going to make this dedicated push to these books, but then we're just going to start canceling stuff. Or we're going to start, like, shifting things around and, like, change direction. And if you're trying to bring people in, like, you kind of have to commit to that, right? Like, you can't have one foot in one foot out because if people start coming in and they say oh no i like this right like i think about um young avengers uh that gill and mckelvey were doing right like people are like oh i like this and then they canceled it and then they didn't do anything with it and then all those people who came in because of that book like left 
because <laughs> yep. the thing they liked was gone and and you did nothing to kind of fill that void that was left when that book was gone and so i think you really have to be cognizant about if you're if you're trying to intentionally court specific audiences right black audiences queer audiences indigenous audiences asian audiences whoever you're trying to bring in like if it's a commitment to that then you need to commit to that you need to really make sure that you're not only having stories that are you know true to those backgrounds and they're reaching out to them but also that creators that reflect those backgrounds and then also that you're gonna stick to it even if sales aren't great off jump you know another thing i think probably would help is if you maybe just did like original graphic novels right and like kind of uh, just put those out as just like here's the whole thing right like just read this or even you know like we're gonna do you know kind of like quarterly graphic novel stories that you can just kind of get almost like manga right like a manga chunk of like here's a chunk of the story and then you can read you know the rest four or five months from now you know like there's going to be another part of it but like that kind of thinking to help build because unfortunately what we have now isn't doing it right like what, we, what we're doing now is not it's not working in the way that we would like it to work, you know, in terms of bringing in readers and retaining those readers. So, uh, you know, things I'm seeing a lot of different things and a lot of different things are being, you know, tried out, but no matter what the, uh, attempt is, no matter what, you know, avenue you're trying to pursue, it's also about persistence in that. Like you can't just say, Oh, that didn't work. You know, like that wasn't, I, I talk about this all the time. It's, it's the one and done theory. Like when you think about, film right think about black science fiction film right like they gave us after earth and then after earth oh. bombed and it was like i guess black people don't like science fiction it's like no we don't like bad movies like we like black science <laughs> we like black science fiction we want to see ourselves in these stories but like after after earth like, like i can't think of the next big black science fiction film that came out like they just kind of decided we didn't like that and that's kind of how these things work a lot of the times is like they take a big swing and if it misses then they're like oh i guess they don't want that and it's like no we just didn't like that particular yeah. thing but if there's more in there right like if there's more in the pool where people could say oh like i like this right i may not like this but i do like this instead of like well this is the only thing that represents me and i don't like it so i don't know what to do about that right because if wow. i don't support it then you get rid of it but if i buy it and i don't like it then i'm spending my money on something that i don't like and like so that's like kind of uses gas to say like yo hey like when black panther and the crew didn't have a million and one like pre-orders or they have what was that one book that um carrie randolph did art for at um marvel um hold on it's not bug me um but like in regards to that book, like it was like a um like a, like a black uh, like a black kid became an inhuman. It was like an entire thing. It was like like mm -hmm. side sideways or slideways, something like that. I don't know. Um, but like it was a whole thing. And once the entire shelf life of the Inhumans kind of went away, then no one cared anymore. Like he didn't continue on like how Miss Marvel did. He just kind of hit the fan, and no one cared anymore. So it's like, it's very much one of those things where unless you, like, like you said, Jordan, like unless you bank on that one thing and you don't like that one thing, then sorry, you're like, um, mosaic. That's what it was, mosaic. 
Mosaic was, was like it was, it was a decent book. Like it was kind of cool, and like even Jeffrey Thorne wrote it. Jeffrey Thorne like is an acclaimed writer and does great work, but people didn't resonate with it. And also, it was during that period where Marvel had a million and one titles, so it's not like black folks were just in the know about it. So it's very much one of those things, yeah, where we didn't have the opportunity and it, and it didn't call to everyone. So then it's just gone. But then you see rare occasions like Black Panther, where that book has perfect immunity, where no matter how rough Coates' run got, it wasn't canceled. Ridley's run is apparently coming soon, and you, you better know that's not going to get canceled because of how much money Black Panther made them. They know not to cancel it, even if it's, it's not selling at all. They're not going to cancel it ever again. We need more immunity like that. That way people have the time to register with it. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I also, and I wanted to jump back a little bit about what's working and what's not working. I feel like what I've seen so far is as they try to appeal to many different audiences. Um, you're seeing different companies like we'll do graphic novels and do this for younger people. But I, I feel um, that the problem with that is you're creating, you can't take, maybe you can, you can't take Wonder Woman, for example, and you give a different version of Wonder Woman for kids and a different version for us and a different version for gays and a different version for the guys. Like you can't really do that to a point where you're confused about the character. So if you're trying to bring in new people, you're almost tricking them because it's like, oh, I came in because of this version. But that's not who's on the regular. Or, you know, you know, Starfire doesn't have a child or or in so who is this? And why even do this? Um so yeah, it, I feel like some of the hit or misses are not really being consistent about a character, but giving these different versions to where you're trying to scratch an itch that is not going to be consistent. So if you brought me in because of this particular situation, but you're not, but you're not going to be able to keep me if you're going to give me something totally different. It's just that person we're in the face. So I feel like the problems that we're seeing is not really knowing how to market a particular character and to do that well to everyone. I want to go back to the past. Um, we, you know, I, I, Jordan, you was mentioning how, like, you know, possibly doing like graphic novels, you know, um, quarterly or what have you. In some ways, in the past, we used to get like the Marvel special editions, and you know, uh, for example, you think about um, how they would tell a story about the Ar uh, the Arscarian Wars. I'm saying that totally wrong, but how we had the special edition of New Mutants, um, and then the annual, and then like a very small. Um, I think two or three episodes, two or three episodes, but a few comics of Alpha Fly X Men when it dealt with the Oscar, uh, the Oscardians. Uh, can't talk. Asgardians. Yeah. <laughs> so as we are thinking of things that will work, is I think in a lot of ways, if we kind of remove whole capitalists, which part of it we really can't, but if you can remove the, let's give you twelve issues, tell a story that's still not really complete. If you go back to the days when it was like there was two ep there was two issues, told the story, and we moved on to something else, that might be a thing because you would entice people to keep going versus like okay, it's the eighth issue, and I'm already done, <laughs> so yeah. uh, we got like six more to go. 
Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that really point that sticks out to me is when the X Men and the Avengers and Aquaman, not Aquaman, whoa, um, Spider Man, wow, um, they got thrown back into um, Conan's age um, when they had to deal with um, a sorcerer who who wanted to make Manhattan go back to the Bronze Bronze Age, and so that was done in two comics and it was done and it was a big crossover when you stop and thought about it um the world was erased through to magic and, and dr strange but it was able to give you the type of story that was enticing you to read more you got to learn a lot about Celine, learn about rachel a lot about storm you got to learn a lot about these characters within two comics and then you moved on but it made you want to know more about them I think that if we get to a place where we can do that again, um, that will be that will spark interest because you will be enticed to keep going. Versus, I'm exhausted, you know, in this twelve limited series situation. So I kind of wish we would go back to that. Um, but also, I really hope that as these comic companies try to you know figure out what they're doing, is really figure out how to remain consistent about a character and stick with that character the thick and the thin uh, a big example to me will always be nubia how we got nubia in 1975 <laughs> had a concept for nubia and that vanished for over almost 30 years before i think phil Jimenez worked on nubia mm -hmm. who was something similar to nubia but wasn't nubia um and now we have steph i will um who is working or Stephanie Williams who's working on a Nubia series. So, you know, and on top of that, you had LL McKinney who came in during yeah. Future State and tried to rebuild because I've had conversation, conversations with L and we talked about how um like on Board Grounds where she wanted to take a shot and start building, trying to repair what other like the, the original concept for Nubia was, but then they immediately sidelined her for Yara Floor. They like that, like the entire idea of bringing Nubia back into the forefront, and like they had that really cool shot of her in her own Wonder Woman outfit that sold like gangbusters. Everyone loved that, but then she's put on the back burner. And thankfully, like uh, Vida Ayala's coming in in a few months and doing like, like, like the book, like they're gonna put um, like Nubia back on the map. But how long is yeah. that, that shelved? Well, and also, uh, shout out Stephanie Williams also doing that too, yes. Um, so yeah well i think that's that's part of the thing too is that when you have we just need more right like the 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 whole thing is just continuing to bring in more and never really just kind of resting or feeling like you know this is enough because when you look at the entire scope of comics that are coming out right now like still not a lot of black <laughs> black comics and black comic creators you know getting opportunities and even though you might look at it and say, oh, but there's more, right? Because we've got, you know, this book and that book and, and this one and that one and this person's doing this. Um, you know, like, it's great to see. And I definitely am rooting for everybody and, and happy to see a lot of, you know, faces old and new doing, you know, some really interesting things. But it's also like, but that's like 3% of comics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, like, we really did, you know, something new. And it's not like, oh, Marvel and DC need to be 50-50 black characters and black creators. But, like, it, it, I think it's that you can't just bring in two or three folks and be like, 
we did it like we reached to <laughs> we reached the limit it's like no it's like keep bringing in people keep making these pushes and it's not just black people it's queer people it's latin a people it's asian people it's all sorts of people like there's really so many different stories and i think the thing about comics and specifically if we're, we're talking superheroes is that for so long there hasn't been that diversity in terms of like the faces that we see on these superhero teams but also like who gets to have their own book right like it's a big deal to have your own solo title as a superhero like that is a stamp of approval from the publisher but also from the fans that like we want this right like when miles morales had his own book you know like legitimately people are like yes we like miles we want to read about miles right like that is a statement and so when you have jackson if jackson has his own book you know that is the jackson hyde book that's a big deal like that's saying something if nubia has her own book that's like not you know just a mini series but like it's an ongoing series or it's a series of graphic novels or it's whatever it is right like even digital like i don't think digital is lesser you know in the sense that if you have a digital series that it's somehow not a real comic you know but like but give us that like give us these things where we're seeing these characters because I'm trying to think right now, besides we've got Jackson, we've got Black Manta, we've got... Um, yeah, we got... Well, is the Vixen series still going, or is that... No, Vixen's canceled. But no, yeah, in terms of... Just those two. Like, and then we have Nubia. We, we have, have the Milestone line, but that's, that's right. still separate. Milestone yeah. is separate from DC, and it's in its own universe. Because there, you know how many times, man... When I will get people who are like, you guys got Static Shock, you guys don't need anything else. It's like, first of all, Static Shock, Static, Icon, Hardware, we love that they're a thing. Keep making them, bring them back. We wanted them for years, and y'all couldn't reach an agreement, but that's neither here nor there. But DC still needs to make it so the Justice League isn't a bunch of white people. Like, yeah. Well, that, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, just like even Milestone is great. Like, I love everything that's coming out from there right now, but like, keep that going and do more. You know, like, it doesn't have to be a one or the other proposition. It never has to be, oh, well, you have X and like, that's it. Like, we did it. It's like, no, like, we've got X and this and this and this, right? Like, keep, keep bringing in these characters, keep building up these characters. There's so many like wonderful characters throughout all the superhero universes where it's just like they got left behind for whatever reason right like there were an idea that somebody had once upon a time and then either other creators just didn't feel compelled to keep using them or they didn't fit into you know a publishing line or whatever it was but it's like they're still there like they still exist i'm even i'm looking at wallace west right now and i'm just like i'd read a wallace west Maybe See, here. okay, that's an, interesting, that, that's an interesting <laughs> topic to sit here and talk about y'all for me, because I talked about it with, with, with the folks on Blur Grounds before, but Wallace is a different problem with diversity, where he was brought in to be, in the New 52, a race change, and then, be, and then when he came in as a race change, was so drastically different from his original version, like nothing was comparable. He was not the same age as the rest of the of the, of the Titans, like not the same age as a wall as Nightwing or Donna or anybody. And then, w- because of the backlash, they brought back White Wally 
And everyone was kind of like, hey, they're cousins, because, like, interracial relationships somewhere in the family tree. And everyone kind of just side-eyed, side-eyed it, but left it alone. And Wallace has just been kind of riding the coattails of, hey, I like to drag race, and I have no other personality or traits besides I'm a hot-headed black kid. And I, 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 I kind of want to get y'all's perspective as writers of, like, what we should do with this. The same thing you do with Jackson, where you like flesh him out, like give him something to do. Like, I don't think Wallace is a bad character or a lost cause or something that should be thrown away. I think Wallace has potential to really, you know, be fleshed out and created. Same thing with Duke, right? Like, Duke kind of comes and goes sometimes as necessary in the Batman books, and then he disappears for a long time, and then they give him a three issue miniseries, and then he's gone again. And it's like, well, like, let's see Duke. Like, what's Duke about? Like, I'd like to see whether he goes back to their We Are Robin days or, you know, like, we kind of spin him out and put him in his own city somewhere in the DC universe and let him do his thing. Like, these characters all have merit. Like, there's no... Yeah, like, I'm not going to go the... the There's no bad characters route because there's so, I've seen some characters and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for a majority of characters, it really is just like, well, what are you willing to do with them? Like, are you are you willing to actually put the time in to flesh them out and develop them and give them something, right? Like, really allow them to be who they are because I don't think Wallace... I think Wallace got a got a raw deal because of how he was introduced, but I think Wallace isn't a character that like doesn't merit like more time and attention and and space in comics. Like I'd like to see you know a, a Wallace miniseries where he was able to just kind of like go out on his own, you know, for a a, a few weeks and kind of see what what he's about, so we can really see him see him away from the teen titans and away from you know the flash family and all that stuff and just kind of who he is on his own and then reintroduce him back into that world with just more more meat on his bones okay victor you're, you're, i want to see your thought you're putting on that well i'll just say as 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 writers and if anybody you know who's listening are writers that that is the the goal is to try to make this character realistic as possible or have some pieces of realism in them um to where they're not just like they're not a wolverine you know wolverine over the years we we, we know a lot about wolverine yeah. um just a killing machine i think as writers we have to make sure that you even your villains you flesh them out i know when i've when i've worked on a villain um i didn't want i didn't want a particular character to be a villain per se i wanted this person to be yeah, they're psychotic, but they had a reason behind their madness. You know, like the reason behind the madness is because they believe in this and they believe in it so much. They're willing to do whatever they need to do, or they take the full meaning of who they are. Like to say, like if you are, um, oh, I'm a witch. <laughs> I'm gonna take the full advantage of me, able to do whatever I want and do it. Versus, oh, I need to follow the rules of life and death, and you know, birth and rebirth. You, you kind of, you really take those opportunities to kind of build out who they are, whether they're good or bad, or confused <laughs> or manipulated. You do what you can to make a character 
more than what it is. So I, I will say anybody who hopes to get into DC or Marvel, you know, think about who you want to write and how you want to write them. Why do you want to write them? And why do you want to take them to another level? And how will you be able to do that? I think those are things you have to ask yourself when you are getting involved with characters that are already um, grounded or you are creating new characters. Um, that how do you really want them to be kind of multifaceted in so many different ways? Yeah, well, and I I just thought of what Christopher Priest was doing with Wallace in his Deathstroke run. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Like, I like to see more of what was going on there. Like, that, again, there's just like moments where you just take a character in a slightly different direction or you add a, a slightly new wrinkle to, you know, what we know about them and suddenly you've got an interesting story. So it's not like it would take a lot. It would just take some intentionality in terms of like, actually trying to put more behind wallace than just kind of the he's like wally but black <laughs> honestly <laughs> that's what he just has been the past like 10 years that wallace has been a thing because wallace came out like when the new 52 came out and just kind of sat there and was black because like dude in the tv show was black and that didn't really do anything and that's my biggest complaint it's like either do something with them or put him in a different universe that way he can be some like the, the regular wally somewhere else he needs his own independence because frankly I'm, i i really did not like him to begin with because he didn't resemble the original Wally. like yeah i was like yeah another on the black character we love it but why isn't he like he like original Wally if you're gonna make a race change that's so drastic? But then they just didn't do anything with them when they brought the original Wally back. So there is a lot of potential with them. And I've had a really like painful opinion about him for so long, but you guys are right. You could do a lot with him. You like he's sort of like this splinter in the Flash family of like he's shoved between adult Wally and Bart now that Bart's back in the canon, but he still can be his own character if, if they do enough with him. Well, and the thing about all of Jackson, Wallace, um, Duke, you know, these are all these are all young black men who are being mentored by white men who don't really have any idea of what it's like to be them, and they can give them advice about what it's like to be a superhero and all of these other things, but they can't really give them life advice about you know, what it's like to be yeah. them. And even like, you know, you don't have to bring in reality, reality, you know, to a comic where it's just like a very special episode of mm -hmm. Batman or whatever, but like you can do it where they're dealing with things that are personal to them and their community and their outlook and what they, I mean, even, you know, Aquaman can't tell Jackson anything about being black. He also can't tell him anything about being queer either. Right. And like things that are going on in his specific community that might be upsetting him that like Arthur is oblivious to because he's not paying attention to that. Like he's not concerned with what's going on, but like Jackson is because it's affecting him and it's upsetting him. And like, he wants to do something about it. So, you know, you even have those stories where it's just like, yeah, you know, things are happening in Central City that Wallace is probably more keyed into than Wally or Barry, you know, and like he's looking to do something about those things, even how he feels about, you know, like his boss's police. So like, how does he feel about that? You know, like there's a lot of other things that you could kind of get into and, and talk about uh just because you know like there's oh well he's like so and so but black but like but black 
there's a lot to dive into with that. Like, you know, our identities uh, contain multitudes, right? Like, we're not a monolith. There's a lot that you can you can take with being black, but there is also a lot of things that we have in common and like common struggles that we all go through, no matter you know our our individual backgrounds or where we grew up or any of that other stuff. So like, you know, like they don't need you don't need to have a Duke Jackson. Uh, Wallace super team, you know, where they're well, that would be kind of dope. I mean, they could hang out. I, they've got again, they've got a lot in common, but like, you know, there's there's things that you know, if you're gonna create these characters, like you can't separate their blackness from their identity, right? Like that's still a right. central component of who they are. Okay. Well, I feel like we've like got gotten a lot of room here and we've given a lot of shine to this book. I definitely want to say that from the first issue, this definitely has a lot of promise. Um I hopefully y'all enjoyed it. I don't know but in general this book was a great start. It feels like it was kind of cut off where it's going to get good, which was obviously intentional, but it, I, I'm I'm really excited for next month when the, the next issue drops and we can see where this goes from here. So I want to say thank you to the entire uh, creative team of this book. Brandon Thomas has been sticking with this character since Future State, and thankfully he was able to continue with this story and build up to where he has it. But I want to say thank you to all the like, like the artists involved in this. I love that there's so many different takes in regards yeah. to the variant covers alone. Where like like show Jackson in so many different ways. That first cover, wow, wow, <laughs> the, 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 the water detail on that first cover yeah. was just off the hook. So it, in general, I'm really excited for what this book holds. Um, I, I mean, hold on a second. Let me get the credits up because I'm gonna feel like a dummy if I don't like, sh- like give them a correct credit here. Hold on. Yeah, shout them out. Right for real. Because uh, the uh, Diego Olartegu, I think that's how I'm saying that. I might be saying that wrong, but you deserve all the credit in the world for the inside of this book because it just feels like a solid adventure, and you captured the energy of what Jackson is. Like I, I love you for that, and these inner pages. But, like, just in general, like, this book has a lot of promise. I'm really excited for what's going to happen with this book. Like, just the, like, the entire interior just had me sold. Like, I'll be flat out with that. The entire interior of the book had me just sold from jump. Give me a second. I have the entire thing right. I have the notes right here. Because, like, uh, the, the interiors are great. Um, honestly, I don't usually shout out, like, inkers and colorists that much. But when it comes to this book... I expected like them to continue the trend they had been doing with Aquaman books, especially during Dan Abnett's run, where Atlantis was this like sort of darker tone because of the, the the Aquaman movie. But like, no, they were really good about having bright colors and like sharp lines here. So like, I, I wow, just like uh, uh Wade von Grombanger, I think that's that's, that's spelled, and then uh, Adriano Lucas on colors. Your colors are beautiful. Keep this up. I want to see this yeah. in issue two and onward. These colors are beautiful. Yeah, I was trying to look up all the the covers. Well, well, little videos popping up, but yeah, it's 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 very beautiful. I know the one that I picked up yesterday it was the David Talaski cover. I think yeah. you have. I just feel like it was. It just spoke to me, and you know, I just feel like it was just something about it that just kind of it was welcoming, and it was almost it was like showing black men smile, showing black men happy. And that's what I like 
too, because, you know, we always have that scowl on our faces when it comes to us being heroes or whatever. I really appreciated that cover because it was just showing him being carefree, as you know, something that we we want to be. We want to be free, carefree black people. So, you know, nice to see that. Now, I will admit wholeheartedly that I bought the uh, Carrie Randolph cover because I will buy anything Carrie Randolph makes because that man, his artwork is amazing. And my Twitter profile is the Francis Manipool cover, but I definitely do agree that the art on display in just that first cover, magic. Because, like, you're right. They they try to show us as these darker, edgier characters. And even, like, even in Black Lightning, like, Jefferson really wouldn't smile a whole lot as a hero. And that was kind of frustrating at times. But this first cover by David Tulaski is just so magnificent in terms of like like it looks like a painting how well it looks it looks like he painted this and i i love that there is like this potential where we can start seeing ourselves on covers and as title characters in mainstream comics so props to all of y'all and i can't wait to see what y'all got cooked up next because th- this book has a lot of promise so first off th- uh thank both of you for coming on the show I, I'm excited for more opportunities to hang out with y'all on the show because there's still more topics and more ground to cover in regards to this. So mm-hmm. thank you both for coming on the show for real. Yeah, of course. Anytime. And like, if y'all have anything y'all want to shout out, I know y'all are both like busting your ass with, with your own projects. Is there anything specific y'all want to shout out before we wrap up? Jordan, you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, I can go ahead. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm working on stuff right now. Nothing to announce at the moment, but hopefully stuff to announce soon. Uh, I, I guess if you're if you just want to hear me talk more, I have a podcast called "White People Won't Save You," which is uh, a <laughs> podcast that dives deep into the insane world of white savior films. Uh, each week, we we break down a different white savior movie, and then we reimagine it through a black and POC lens uh, with black leads and um, or you know characters of color in the lead. So. Uh, where wherever you get your podcast at so come and check us out all right victor um well i'm on one half of megasheen nick porter is the other half um where we talk about gang geeky things from a black geek perspective perspective um i'm currently working on um the sequel to my first indie book strange lore we're doing strange lore bonds um which i was very excited about i had um luckily i had steens um edited this book so i was very excited about that um so right now the artist um, antonio bandero is actually working on art and i i you know artists my heart goes out to you because you have to put up with people like me (laughs) picky about every little thing from the crease in shirts to the way the hair should lay on their face i you know my heart goes out to y'all because that's who I am. Very, very careful about things now. Um, and, you know, I'm working on, um, I kind of finished it, but I'm re, I'm going back through it and, and working through uh, my first um, novel, my YA novel about black witches and black family of witches, including a, a, a black queer character. Um, but they're not just, they're not called witches, they call something else um, because they are the originators of all of this. So um, kind of really gotten into that world, got great feedback about it. Uh, I'm writing it from the character's perspective. I were in third person, but um, feedback was it's best to do this um, first person. So that's what we're doing right now. 
All right, excellent. Well, um, that I'm wow, I'm blown away. I didn't know that 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 we're going that far with that. So, so I'm excited for this book now. Um, but no, thank you once again, boys, for coming on the show. This was this is an amazing opportunity. We are going to definitely have more of these kind of talks because I I love this dynamic and I want to see more of this happen. Um. Folks, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast. Best believe you can find us except for SoundCloud because we don't support SoundCloud. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at On Comics Ground for all of your latest reviews, previews, and solicitations and more. Um, we will be back next week with a brand new episode for you good folks. Mary and Travis will be here. But we wanted the special episode because Jackson matters a lot to me. And I wanted to bring some of these amazing gentlemen on here and talk about him because he doesn't matter to us. So I, I want I like just in general, I want to see more of him and I want to see more characters like him. And I know these these fellows agree with me. So thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to this, this brand new episode. Um, my closing statement, as always, is support your local comic book shop, whether it is uh, through digital um, with the League of Comic Geeks or Comic Hub or Comixology, where you can uh, use their shop as a uh, like um, affiliate link. Do it. Like, just call your local comic book shop, wherever they are. Like, just, like, call them up tomorrow, ask them if they have a Comixology like, uh, affiliate link. And try to get them support because you don't know how much longer comic book shops are going to be here. So, like, yes, there's amazing avenues that other creators are, are subscribing to, like Jordan spoke on. But the comic book shop still matters for, for a time left. So if you can support them, please still do so. Um, do either of you have a closing statement before we depart? Um, support Jackson, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Books with Jackson in it. My biggest thing, I hope one day that we do get a, a full Jackson series uh, from a from a queer black creator. Um, I think that would be dope. I think that's definitely necessary to like have that full representation. Mm behind the page but also like on the page uh so like one of these days that's that's my biggest hope for the character is that we get to see somebody you know writing the character who reflects similar identities victor i agree um and support support black queer characters overall <laughs> yeah most definitely like like in general we need more support so most definitely do so um, we're going to go ahead and end this episode right here, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Panel to Panel. Peace out. Peace out.